I'm Danny Fingeroth. I was the editor of the Spider-Man line, and I'm writing a biography of Stan Lee, and you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Oh, uh, that was near perfect. My friend. It's, it's so weird that the nights I think it's slightly off or not a hundred percent you say cut that check but there are times where I thought I was okay and you're like yeah we gotta redo that I didn't know this involved money <laughs> where have you been? I didn't know I was not informed of this why do we want to see you before every convention uh, <laughs> Oh, so, but, okay. I got it. It's cool. No, no, no hurt feelings whatsoever. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit snacks. No, um, seriously. Vince, there was one thing that I wanted to show you this morning. I'll, I'll show it to you later. There is a, um, there's, um, you've heard of Angry Birds, of course. Yeah, sure. And they have a, um, they have a version called Angry Birds Friends where you it's it's the same concept, but there's like six different um, levels every couple of days. And, you know, you basically just compete against your friends. Whoever gets the highest amount of points on, on each level is so um, this week there is a theme. It's it's an Iron Maiden theme. Get out of Angry here. Birds. Yes. No and way. There is, dude, there's the power slave in oh. the background. And. And there is something you have to destroy on every level. And this is awesome because at the bottom of this little stack are the numbers 2358. 2358. 23 colon. So it's like a clock. Think of it as military time. Oh, it's two minutes to midnight. Yes. Nice. I saw that and I was just like, this is fantastic. That so, is beautiful. I mean, not the, the, um, the birds or anything aren't dressed up like like Eddie or or any of the members of the band, but it's just it's it's the whole theme of it. And and you even hear and you hear um you hear Power Slave, you hear Running Free during the whole uh, while while the game is loading. It, it was oh. fantastic. I've been giddy every time. I I don't know. I've never played it, but I may have to now. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Um, I fluctuate favorite song. It's it's usually two minutes to midnight. But I'm pretty sure that "Hallowed Be Thy Name" sums up everything yeah, about Iron Maiden. I think no matter whether it's a top five or a top three, no matter who, it's just like the Beatles. You you know, right. every day, yeah. it's your favorite song is going to be different. But you're always going to have those those three or four or five songs are always going to be the same. They may not always be in the same order, but they're generally always going to be sure. somewhere near the top. You bet. And, and "Hallowed Be Thy Name" is definitely up yes. there. And right now, Jason's near the bottom because this oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what the fuck's going on. is 11 O'Clock Comics episode 570, creeping up on 600 episodes, my friends. And I am Vince B. The oh, Keeper. you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. And you also are breaking up a little bit, so we got to watch that. That is true. You were, but I'm pretty sure you said you were David A. Price, and I agree with that. But far more profoundly and excitedly, I am Jean-Michel Basquiat. Wow. Then I have an unabashed love for you. 
Same season. Well, no. Right. If you're Basquiat, then then I have an I I would take a bullet for you. You wouldn't take a bullet for me. You, who are you? I well. <laughs> You would no, take a bullet for a Jason real? Wood? No. I would. No. I would. It depends on the caliber. <laughs> I would take a, a twenty. Gun? I would take, take a, a twenty-two gun? for for Jason Wood. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm Basquiat. So. Oh, yeah. I love you so much. You're not Basquiat. You're Jason. Why did you say Basquiat? By the way. Just came to me. Sweet. Cleared my mind. Thought of someone I wanted to be, and that was who came. Uh, to me. If you're going to be someone, that would be. I mean, the only drawback, he did. But other than that, he yes. did. Uh, you're Jason Wu. Played, played by who in his movie? Oh, damn. Um, damn, damn. Jeffrey Wright. I never remember his name. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Jeffrey Wright. Star, star of Westworld now. Oh, Three nice. Young Bucks. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Westworld, James Bond. Yep, Felix Hunger, the latest Felix Hunger. No, lighter, Jesus. Wait. Felix lighter, not Unger. Felix lighter. <laughs> like, he might be a full Felix Unger, too, though. That's true. He would. He would. He would definitely play the uh, the he, clean dude. Absolutely. He'd get the frying pan, too, as he left his wife. Yep. This request came from his wife. But uh, I have a request for everyone involved. If you want to get cheap comic books, i.e. not pay as much as everybody else, there's only one place to really go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get all your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to the front door of your domicile for a mere fraction of what everybody else is paying. This is the absolute last time you're going to hear this. If you want to catch up on what is going down at DC, the status quo, you want to get in there, you need to read Dark Knight's Metal. Previously offered in hardcover form. Now you can get it in a very inexpensive trade paperback edition with a companion volume called Dark Days Road to Metal, both of which are nine ninety nine, meaning it will cost you the same to get two trade paperbacks as it would to get the hardcover. And from Marvel, get this. Scotty Young is working at Marvel. Did you know that? I had heard rumors of such things. Yeah. He's doing, what, Deadpool? But anyway, you can get the trade paperback of Deadpool, Merkin Hard for Money with uh, Scotty and Nick Klein and Scott Hepburn, for what? $8.99. That's half price. Last but not least, this is the thump, thump, thump of my heart, from Dynamite. It's Tim Seeley and Rafa Labosco with Hex Slash versus Chaos. Evil Ernie, Purgatory. Chastity, all them greats meet uh, Hack and uh, yeah, Hack and Slash. <laughs> okay, uh, cover price is three ninety nine. Cassie Hack and Vlad three ninety nine, and your price is a dollar ninety nine cent. Woohoo! They don't mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped right on up to your door. There's nothing easier. It's easier than a drive through because mm. a drive through you gotta leave your house. You don't even have to leave your house to get your books. So, therefore, you should do it. Do it fast. And a lot safer than a drive-by. It's true. What, well, what? it sounds like you've you've started already, Vince. So, mm-hmm. please tell us what you're drinking. As uh, Mr. Price is absolutely correct, because I have started early. I am drinking the companion bottle to the stuff I bought last time. This is... Casillero del Diablo from Concha y Toro, although this is the Cabernet Sauvignon 
uh, Reserva from uh, 2017. I think the red blend's better. This is good, but I, I'm, I'm thinking the red blend is a little bit tastier. Yeah, depending on the blend, the blends can definitely. And, and depending on what you normally would have that isn't blended. Like, I think most red blends are better than, than a Merlot um, and, and a Malbec. But um, there are times where a blend might go toe-to-toe. With the cab, if I really, really like the cab, yeah. I'm with you now. I'm seeing you eye to eye, player. I I will say one I, thing: well, then. a blend and a cab is infinitely better than a uh, Pinot <laughs> Noir. That's for damn oh. sure. Yes, it is. Not a oh, fan. I like a good Pinot from time to time. Mm. I do like a good Pinot, but it's it's it has to be it has to be a good Pinot, and um, it really does depend on on um, how much wine, how much of a punch I want to drink so and i don't mean like you know, fruit punch i mean how much do i want to get smacked in the mouth with 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 the flavor right jason um, likes a good man, penis I, now i had a bordeaux <laughs> at a party last weekend that was like better than sex Whoa. Wow. come on dude it was so good you know i i take offense to that comment what being such a fan of your wife i take <laughs> massive offense to that's that how comment. good the bordeaux was there's it's not Seriously, possible that's- no, there is it's, it's, it's mm. transcendent when when you find a wine that that can elevate the, you I'm gonna to even that give level. A shout out, shout out to my man Paul Marston, because uh, we were at a party as a barbecue party, and people were barbecuing all kinds of different things for forty eight hours up until the party, and uh, and Paul's not a barbecuer, but he is a hell of a wine collector, so he's like, oh, I'm gonna bring over some wine, and dude brought over some wine, and it was all delicious. But then he 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 and I were chatting. He goes, "You ever had?" And he he named off a, a Bordeaux. I'm like, "No, nah, no, nah, I never had it." And he's just like, "Hold on a second. And he pulls it out of his his bag, pours me a glass. I was like, "Ooh, Nelly!" It was. Let me tell you something. I had some fantastic barbecue. It was delicious. I would have thrown all the barbecue onto the ground and pissed on it to have some more of that Bordeaux. Mm. <laughs> Shout out to my girl Beth. I'll be there to pick you up, my girl. Uh. I'll be there. I'll be yeah. there for you. But I'm not oh. drinking that Bordeaux, unfortunately, because I don't oh. have it. It's not mine to have. I'm drinking Sterling Vintner's Collection Meritage, which is a it's a mix, Vince. It's a blend. Good. You blend. And uh, I will tell you that it is a uh, it is the kind where I savor the bright red fruit aroma and vanilla oak spice with notes of black raspberries and dark chocolate. Wow, I'm thinking you have a copywriter. Right off the top of his head. You got an intern uh, or something? something? No, it's, you know, I used to write for Hallmark before I went to Wall Street. So, oh, okay. I got them skills. There you go. Well, you're quite adept. So, thank you. That's a plus. Yeah. Good on you. Quite turned, too. All right. Our patrons have voted. All right. uh, You forget about that? No, I didn't. Yes, I did. I certainly did. I'm sorry. Ding ding ding! Back up the I bus. We would at least. I figured Vince, we would at least prolong the good times we're having. Seriously. To to. Um, I. This is this is the. This is not only the last drink roll call in this house. This is the last episode I'm recording in this house. So I figured. Oh, damn. Look I at that. I could go out um, with one of my favorites. I didn't want to try anything new tonight. Um, Go out on a uh, on a sour note, on like the month. So we were going to have uh, Mato 
backbone, the Cabernet Sauvignon from California. I do so enjoy it. There's a little bit left. I will finish this before um, this episode is over. Um, so, yeah. Nice. Cool. <laughs> well, as I, as I jumped the proverbial gun, but now I've caught up to the bullet. And it is true. Our patrons have voted and they have selected this, our book of the month, for October 2018, which was uh, the DuckTales volume from IDW called Treasure Trove. Now, this is not your classic ducks. There's no Barks. There's no Rosa in here. There's not even any William Van Horn. This is a uh, series that has been uh, crafted in the wake of the Disney XD series for DuckTales. So it's an updated DuckTales with uh, new uh, translations of uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie for the, the, uh, the aughts. And uh, same old, same old Donald, same old Uncle Scrooge, but the kids are very different. And um, the creative team on this book is uh, there's written Jeez. by, there's a lot, it, written by Joe Caramagna, uh, Joey Cavalieri, you got uh, Paolo Campinotti on layouts, Andrea Greppi, um, Luca Usai. There's a lot. That's a theme. Gianfranco Florio. It's a wonderful collection of very talented Italians. <laughs> it's true. Antonello Delena, Andrea Greppi, Roberta Zanotta. I mean, I mean, it looks beautiful. This is a. It's a beautiful looking book. Um, is, if there, if there's one place you want to go for good duck stories, it's it's Italy. They do it very well. Romano Scarpa. I mean, there's a lot of very very proficient um, Disney artists and writers from Italy. It, it, the the ducks and the mouse are huge in Italy. But this is, as I said, the IDW collection. It uh, collects how many issues? Oh, Ducktales issues zero to two. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, uh, and we've read it for you. Yes. Yes. Uh, Thank we, you for that. Yeah. I, I don't understand why <laughs> for our, it doesn't make sense how we pick these things. Because you would think for our October episode, it would have been straight across the board horror. Right? But. But we, we didn't. We agreed. Yeah. We, well, no. Well, we did when I Zumaki. say we. Right. I, when yeah. I say we, I meant Jason and I called an audible <laughs> and said that was just since we talked Uzumaki in September that it would probably be um, overkill if we then went. I mean, if we had picked a different manga, a non-horror manga, we probably would have gone horror for October. Sure. Uh, but since Uzumaki was uh, the spotlight in September, we wanted to lighten the mood a bit and Press go in a small. different direction right. for, uh, for October, which we did. We did. Um, uh, do you have better a, or, a list of the uh, the contenders? In front of you, or no? I, I can. Okay. Um, I closed my browser just because I wasn't sure if that may have been causing my um, my breaking up. But um, there were uh, there. I wanted to say I wanted to say something specific about. Well, I know that you know. For one thing, everyone, all the listeners know Vince loves ducks. I do. And, um, you know, and, and that might be a certain vintage of duck, 
But regardless, uh, this is definitely something that had been recommended in the past, and and um, from Jason I, of all people, I, right? From Jason, and I don't <laughs> I don't know if Jason read it to 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 to, to hold. I don't. I'm not sure where it came from with. Um, which I don't know if Jason picked it because it's new and it's ducks and therefore it would probably be something all three of us could kick back and enjoy. But it was one of 11 books for October. The other 10 being Global Frequency, The Goon, Volume 1, Nothing But Misery, Green Arrow, The Archer's Quest, Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, Volume 5, The Killer, Long Shot, Point Blank, Super Boxers, Will Eisner's The Spirit, The New Adventures hardcover, and X-Factor Volume 1, The Longest Night. The only thing that came close to DuckTales in the number of votes was Global Frequency at 21%, coming in second to DuckTales Treasure Trove, 26%. And then in third place at 12 was, oh no, I'm sorry, 12, uh, 15% in third place was the goon so there really wasn't much in the way of competition this time around right. i don't know if people were just anxious to hear us talk about ducks and and it's like i said it's been on the list before um it may have just been the rest of the competition wasn't up to snuff i don't know i it's just this was something that uh those who voted really voted for this one yeah a few thoughts if i may Okay. Absolutely. First of all, we made a grave error. Oh boy! Oh, grave error. Um, as you mentioned, this was on the list once before, and yes, it's it was suggested by me because IDW put this out. I recall it being one of the many excellently discounted specials that month on DCB Service, and I ordered the physical copy. And I thought, oh, shit, how awesome would it be if we talk about ducks? Everyone will love it. We should talk about the ducks. And I thought we could we could get the book and talk about it. Um, and it made its way back around. I will. I also suspect that's why it got voted so easily into the lead, because I think a lot of our listeners would love to hear us talk about ducks. Uh, the egregious error is is that and I don't know if you guys realize this, but I certainly didn't. I should have paid more attention to the fact that this is a modern relaunch focusing on the now Disney XD cartoon, which you mentioned, Vince. Right. I I thought this was either a collection of reprints translated, or if it was based on a new DuckTales show, I, and we'll get to this, assumed that the new DuckTales show was simply like the old DuckTales show. Mm. And it is most decidedly not. No, it's not. So and so, I would say, hearing back that list with all peace and love, I would have preferred reading nine of the ten alternatives. Nice. <laughs> okay, um, I have to explain my stance on this because it came to me as I was reading this volume, and it's not fair, but I do it. Now, when I read any duck stories, inevitably, without question, I compare it to the two giants. Mm -hmm. I compare it to Karl Barks and I compare it to Don Rosa, which is very hypocritical 
because I don't hold superhero comics to the same qualifications. Like, I don't read an issue of Superman saying, wow, this is not the way Kurt Swan freaking did it. Or this is not the Fantastic Four that Jack Kirby, uh, mm-hmm. you know, did. So it's, it's, it's very hypocritical to me for me to do that, but yet I still do it. I, I don't know why. If maybe it's because the Barks and the Rosa stuff are so consummately wonderful on every level that everyone in their wake suffers by comparison. And it, but that is true. It's true. If if you you line up everyone else that did the Duckburg stories, especially Uncle Scrooge. And and you place them in the shadow of Carl Barks and Don Rosa, every single one of them would come up lacking. It's just the way it is. And it's not it's not that the stories that are crafted by other people aren't good. Yeah, they're good. But they don't have that spark, that magic that Rosa and Barks have. This being a modern reworking of the DuckTales formula for me, makes it even worse. Because although DuckTales, I think William Van Horn did a lot of the DuckTales comics, the DuckTales comic was cast in the, sh- the blueprint of the then DuckTales TV show. You had Launchpad McQuack, you had all the things that made the TV show work. This DuckTales has none of that. It doesn't have Launchpad. It doesn't, I mean, Scrooge is only in one story in this thing. One or two, right? So, I mean, yeah. the, the formula's off as well. But, I mean, I don't want to short shrift it because the stories in here are – they're good. The art's good. It's, it's, it, was, it was an experience, but it wasn't a Rosa Barks experience, which I may be doing it a disservice by holding it up to that standard. But, frankly, I really don't care mm-hmm. be, because when I come to the table, I, I want to order the best thing on the menu, and that's – Carl Barks and Don Rosa. So if it's not fair, it's on me. But let's let's talk about this volume. Let's did, do it. We have anything to preface it with before? Uh, well, did okay. you guys know before we opened it? It sounds like you didn't either, Vince. I'm assuming that that this that uh, that the Disney XD show is not about like it's not the same as the old one because I I just assumed. That it was going to be Scrooge McDuck and a little launch pad and right no and, it's, and crazy it's, adventures. I just thought that's what it would be about. I remember when um, when it was announced that Ducktales was returning, uh, that and people and and people our age who remember the original Ducktales was all excited. And I haven't seen a lot of the new Ducktales. I've seen very little of it. Um, I'm not a fan of. I, I know how you really have to at times struggle to understand what Donald Duck is saying from time to time, but it, it seems to be uh, dialed up to 22 uh, on DuckTales. It's, and unless you have closed captioning on, I don't know if you're really going to be able to understand Donald. Oh, wow. um, it's, I, you can understand Huey, Dewey, and Louie great. What I really like about the new DuckTales is that Scrooge McDuck is voiced by David Tennant. So you have a Scott playing really? Scott. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Um, and, is he featured in the cartoon regularly? Yeah. So why the fuck uh, from is what this I can tell, got no that's the thing, Because it's 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 weird to me because there's not even any Launchpad, and it, and the episode I was watching today had Launchpad as Scrooge's limo driver. Huh. Um, and and he is a pilot. He mentions he's a pilot, so he's basically you know. But it's it's a um 
it's I, I knew it was part of I mean just based on on the drawing style and and the coloring and and yes on the cover of of our collection it does say uh watch it on on Disney XD um so I knew it was a I knew it wasn't a throwback or or um in any way shape or form a telling story set in the bygone era I I just based on what I saw judging it by its cover i knew we were into this this newer territory but i didn't know um but aside from some of the technology some of these stories you could have told back then it it's it's not um i don't know if if especially with with the vikings or um or the uh or the washing machine maybe not the washing machine but they're some of the stories in this collection um, don't necessarily aren't, aren't really beholden to to any certain era. Um, One of the things that I miss from the DuckTales cartoon, which was a product of the Don Rosa stories, was the locations were geographically and historically actor, accurate. Like okay. when, when Barks took you to the shadow of Mount Kilimanjaro, altitude X, like you learn something from Carl Barks. The the locations in this treasure trove, by and large, are make believe. Yeah, and they and and they don't they're they're secondary to to the sight gags and right, and to right. the and, and to the dialogue the, to the conversations that the characters have. It it really is a showcase of. Um, and again, it is and and this is a compliment to the artist involved. I, um, I I think that um there were there were moments where i smiled i chuckled but it's it i didn't i definitely did not it didn't evoke the same feeling that i would have had that that i had back in the day watching the old right. ducktales okay yeah i think the coloring i mean i'm sorry the uh, no, sorry. i think the the art including the line work and the coloring is pristine I, like I think it's I don't want to short shift that I think the art is rock solid for what it is. I just think that it's meant to look like the new cartoon, which is a little stylized versus the the more uh, classic version we got in the original cartoon, which was meant to look like Carl Barks. Right. I mean, Donald so. is pretty close. Yeah. It, it's the nephews yeah. I take issue with. Yeah. Right, and and I think the nephew the nephews may be a focus on the cartoon. Again, as someone who hasn't seen a whole lot, I'll I'll defer to people who have been watching it. But I think the nephews are more of the focus. I mean, granted, if you're going to pay David Tennant to be on a cartoon, you're probably going to want him quite a bit. But if um if he can't if Scrooge isn't in every episode, then the focus is definitely the nephews. Um, yeah, they're they're. Heads are a little too square for me. Square, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Where, which is a radical departure because the original nephews had round heads, right? And and um, and if you look at the at the end of the book, you have a, a cover that was done by Mister Jeff Smith, and yes. he draws the kids with the in, in the traditional way. With the round heads and launch pads in there, which is like right, and that's the is, thing. What these is covers going on? Do not these these covers do not? 
unless we're not getting the complete issues of zero through two, and maybe Launchpad is in the story no, in one of the not. issues. Uh, if we are okay, um, if each of those three issues only had two stories, then then that's everything. But what since we're already at the back of the book, um, not to say we're not going to discuss the book. What irked me was the little. Um, mm-hmm. I know what you're going to say we we get Scrooge, mm-hmm. we get Donald, and then we only get one nephew. Now, if you're going to have a second, why couldn't we get Della here and then have the three nephews in the second book? Well, I don't understand why Della's not in it because if I need to know anything about a character, I need to know it about Della because yes. she's, because she's new. She's we in the we two know stories and that's it. Yeah, we know everything about Uncle Scrooge. I mean, it's pretty cut and dried. We know everything about Donald. Huey, okay. The original nephews are basically three minds, one body. Right. The, they they don't like for for those of you who have no idea what's going on here they're they're retooling the nephews and they're they're what 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 they're doing is they're grooming Louie to be another uncle scrooge because they they each wear a different color Louie's green Huey wears red and Dewey wears blue but the fact that Louie wears green is very significant because he keeps talking about profits and making money and, you know, how much does this cost? And, hey, you know, we can exploit this and make a lot of money at this. So they're grooming Louie to follow in Uncle Scrooge's footsteps. Why? I have no idea. It's gonna, Uncle Scrooge is still around, but, I mean, I, they must have their reasons. But uh, this this cover at the end with the Jeff Smith, because they have all round heads and they're done in the in the traditional way – and his his Donald looks a lot like Howard. I'm guessing that they solicited this cover, and Jeff really didn't see any of the the material beforehand. He may have. Oh, seen, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, he may have seen maybe some quick character sketches for Della and mm-hmm. and others. But I mean, he's doing it old school. I guy. think what okay now there the uh, it may have been the pilot that that I was watching today at work, but uh, I'm sorry. Throw my lunch break. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> there was there, you better there, watch uh, out, dude. I I know who knows who's listening. Still, the leader's gonna um, write you out. The <laughs> the um the ep- it was and it follows it. it I don't say it follows it. The the episode it may have been like I said it may have been the pilot uh, or at least the intro and it um you know there are Donald and the nephews live on a houseboat. Donald has to get ready for an interview, so he's going to bring. Huey, Dewey, and Louie to Scrooge McDuck's place. Now, at this point in time, the nephews do not know that they're related to Scrooge. Um, what? When Don- yes, when Donald shows up at the house and, and Scrooge McDuck is in... It, it, Donald gets there first, and then Launchpad pulls up behind him, and as Donald is trying to you know ring the buzzer to get... You know, like when we go to Jason's house, we're waiting for security to let us through. We have to... Lols get to um we have we the limo pulls up behind him and scrooge is yelling out the window get that jalopy out of my way and let me in the house so donald and scrooge are face to face and that's when he donald calls him uncle scrooge and the kids realize that they're now related and so scrooge is going to watch the kids while donald goes on his interview and while they are in this house the housekeeper is supposed to keep an eye on them and when they break out of the um of the room that they're in they end up in this 
little girl in front of this little girl who's got a whole room set up with the whole map and lineage of, of, of the ducks. And that's who the little girl is next to the nephews on this Jeff Smith cover. And the older woman behind Launchpad is the basically the housekeeper. So the characters on this cover are from the cartoon, two of which, three of which, aren't even in this particular collection. Right, right. It's just strange. And and I don't understand the th- three issue format. It's it's really weird. Uh, this is a what a seventy an eighty page book. It's a, I think. Well, I think part of that was because the um, the book. What's the size of this? Yeah, it's a, it's a digest size. That's what I thought. Mm. So I think so they were like, trying yeah. to package it for all ages, maybe for yeah. for. Uh, That's cool. For non non direct market. Out. Yeah. 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 Maybe, but. Uh, well, well, should we get into it? Just, we should. We should get yeah. into it. Um, like, I, like, I, I know sometimes with the, with the um, book of the notes, we do pretty much a, a blow by blow. I don't know that we have to do that on this. Some, yeah. Right. I mean, this this is this is an anthology similar to, to the Conan book of the month we had. Uh, we don't have to necessarily go planetary with this one. Uh, <laughs> I know okay. That, uh, I know Vince and I kind of called stories only in case we decide to to tackle but yeah we can we can definitely just roll through yeah, it I'm, um, I, donald, I mean some things remain the same donald is very quick to anger uh yeah. that's not he's, gonna change. he's uh he's also very he's he, yeah donald is donald he, he's he's the character he's the uh guardian for the boys and he is um always just just falling short he's always had bad luck he's oh, just always trying to get that break. He yeah, quite ever break. He he's extremely overbearing, though. I like uh, to, uh, hyper exactly. hyper exaggerated overbearing to the point where the, the kids do mention the junior woodchucks, which is great. They should the the junior woodchucks should, should continue forever. But I, the level of of scrutiny that Donald places on the kids. Should they ever go to the junior woodchucks and go on a camping trip or on an expedition or something, there's no way they'd get anything done because Donald will literally not leave them alone. He does not want them out of his sight. And that I just thought that's a little a little too much. Like in, in this first story, Donald is a he's a um a, a tour guide. On on the it, the story's called um Big Trouble at Little Lake. Donald's a tour guide, right? And um, the little lake is named Little Lake because it's it, it only covers six square miles, but it's only two feet deep. By the way, a little pet peeve for those of you <laughs> that haven't been on Bodies of Water, that perspective where we see the boat from yes, oh, it's much a yes. hell of a lot more than two feet. It is. It is like <laughs> yeah. twenty feet, unless that minimum. boat is mad minimum. Small. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But it is a, a, a wonderfully drawn panel. It's just oh, the, it is. there's I a mean, lot of water text, there. And then yes. over the next page, and yeah. I'm like, oh, it's only two feet deep in the end. I'm like, what? Yeah. I say what? So, <laughs> so, so realistically, I mean, and the kids want to go exploring. They're like, Uncle Donald, you, you go do your thing. We're going to take our, our canoe uh, and, and go out on the lake. And he's like, oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. I, I got to make sure you're going to be okay. So he, he puts these gigantic life vests on the kids to the point where their their cheeks are all pushed up they're all pudgy looking he's got them in helmets and he 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 demands that they tether their canoe to the back of his sightseeing boat 
the the lake is two feet deep. I mean, okay, that shows how excessive Donald is in his protection of the kids. That's that's wonderful, right? But uh, Donald goes out on the lake. The kids follow him. The kids cook up this plan to use the Donald's ship, which is a boat, which is called the Slow and Steady. Use the momentum of the boat to break the the rope that's tethering them to his boat, and they want to go explore because there's an island in Littlest Lake, and they think that there may be treasure there. And uh, also, a boat a boat that that big and that designed that way would would never be able to go in two feet of water. But it, it's <laughs> right. It, it's true, right? Um, it would need to be a flat bottom boat, right? No, I would, and I I thought that it would have been since. It, the whole point is the sightseeing and to see the sponges. Like, why wouldn't it be a glass bottom? Mm-hmm. It should be a glass but, bottom. But we are, flat but we bottom are... in that in that aforementioned panel where you're seeing it from below. But in every other time it's drawn, it's a traditional boat with a with and a and, and before people start writing in and and people getting at us on on Twitter and <laughs> and Facebook. Um, I understand we are looking for logic in a comic book about talking cartoons. Sure, dogs. sure, right. But but we still hey, listen, man. You would think no, you would think there are rules follow the comic. rules exactly. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and the feet long Hulk Wolverine claws. Stop. And the man who set the rules for the Duck Universe would never. If he said the lake was two feet deep, he would have made sure that the perspective <laughs> from the bottom of the lake looked shallow. And Actually, they, that's what I'm saying. And this definitely does not. So um, the kids are tethered, and they try and 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 break away. Um, for for one thing, the job's going good for Donald, which is rare for Donald. Like people are digging his his silly puns. Um, but right, he's he's informing them of how many different types of sponges there are in the lake, and yeah, he said the two hundred thirty up. They love it, right? He his the one quip that made me kind of giggle I, a little bit was that he said that the lake's two hundred and thirty two species of sponges is a lot to soak in. <laughs> you know, so it was it was cute, but as as with every job Donald has, it kind of turns sour. Uh, he gets a, a passenger. Uh, a smarty pants named Dr. Rafino, and this guy knows everything about the lake. Uh, he starts to torque Donald because he corrects Donald in some spots, and um, Donald gets pissed off, and he spins the, the steering wheel of the boat, and the boat crashes on rocks. Luckily, they were next. They were very cl- in close proximity to the island. So the kids and Doctor Rafino and Donald and I don't know what happened to the passengers, but whatever. Um, they, they they go they to each other. They, they ate each other. They they get on the island, right? And uh oh, the sun's going down. And Doctor Rafino says, "Well, now we're screwed because we can't walk across the lake because those sponges, one of them, conduct electricity when the sun goes down." And sure, like, what the what? Sure enough, his his words are proven true. Uh, the zaps start flying, and it's a shocking experience for everyone involved. Um, hilarity ensues, and they eventually get they get they get off the island, and Donald screams. Like I don't it's, know where Donald's scream became so pronounced that people want to hire him to scream. But I, I <sighs> this is and. You get to the end and of this particular story where where they're rescued and 
Yes, because they've heard Donald scream. <laughs> they want to now um, use him to uh, his his voice will be able to be heard through natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes. And the the rescuer just you know took it upon himself to transfer a tour guide. Yep. To this this pretty uh, important public service. We have sirens uh, for that. Have, uh, you know, we don't need a duck. And, the, and I'm sure Donald's they like, to help with hurricanes and tornadoes, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And he beats feet. He runs And that's away. it. Yeah. And the, the, but that's how almost every story ends. But, and that's when, and, and you, you get to the end of the first issue, uh, the first story, you turn the page, and now you see Donald being the caretaker of the Eagles Pinky Toe Hotel in the Penguin Mountains. Yeah. And you're reading that story, and then you get to the end, and you start to see a formula. A pattern, yes. A very, very strong pattern. There, There is very – it's just like an episode of Three's Company where there's a giant mishap and hilarity ensues, and, and I'm pretty sure you've seen that episode. And there's, yeah. there's just – it, it's and the stories are I mean but what happens between Donald taking the job and leaving the job there are some cute moments here and there involving the nephews but it's still this is how we start we have to tell this story as long as we get to this ending rinse lather repeat okay this the the thing that that I saw a very missed opportunity in this, the repeating revenge of the screaming duck. Donald is, is hired as a caretaker of this very large hotel. I thought we were going to go into the shining direction. The, the freaking dining room looks exactly <laughs> like the shining. Yeah. And then we get, we get the, to the, the director the, and it's not, yes. it's not Kubrick. It's, no, it's friggin' it's, it's Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yeah, yes. like what? Why are you doing sorry, this? Mallard Hitchcock. Yeah. I know. It was just, it was, it was an amalgamation of, of just, it's like, listen, we don't know. It's, it's, we had an idea, but we kind of can't go in that direction. But didn't um, you, didn't you think when the kids were racing through the halls on the yes, luggage rack, you're like, okay. Luggage, yes, in the luggage carts. This yes. is the shining, right? But it's not. It's not the shining at all. It's not. It's not, it's not even it's it's not even anything Hitchcock related. It's not it's not rare, no. no, it's not vertigo. It's Mm-mm. not it, it's just it's it's he's just happens to be the the director the who who they decided to pick for the story. And right. and he's going to, you know, he, he has to it's taking him this long to tell this to, to do this movie because he's decided to do all the parts, the cast and the crew. And um and that's the, kids the thing. Are play along. They set it up to be Kubrick. The dude has so much. He he's so exacting in his detail that it takes him forever to make a movie. That's Kubrick. You're right. Like yeah, yeah. no, they somebody and maybe someone got cold feet. I don't know. I don't know what happened here, but they were definitely going in one direction, and they made a very very hard left to go in a different one. Yeah, it doesn't. It just really doesn't make sense. Um, but I mean, the cartooning is good, right? You yes. can't it, you can't really yeah, say yeah. it's it's not a visually. No, I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say arresting, but but it's 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 competent. You and I yes, I I think I think um, uh, Gianfranco um, Fury, Furio did 
this this story. Uh, and and I even you know even with the square heads, I like the way the nephews look. I like Hitchcock's posings and and um, mm-hmm. and 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 his demeanor. I think I even even Donald's reactions to things. I, I think this was definitely a a very strongly illustrated story. I, I have no problems whatsoever with how this particular story looks. Yeah, yeah. I think the next story, The Chilling Secret of the Lighthouse, is visually the best one. That opening panel is great. That opening panel is amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's very nice. And that's, that's and that and that's something you would see in one of the old Disney comics, I oh, think. That, sure. that That's very similar to yes. something you'd see. Yeah, there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And and it, it centers around a lighthouse and there's history involved with the, the vulture. Yeah, that, secret tunnel. Yeah, it's neat. I mean, the, I think. I like that a lot. I think this story was definitely the best of, that was of my the. my favorite. Me too. Me too. Yep. Yeah, I'd go sign that. And, and Donald's getting paid to, to oversee this lighthouse with the kids. Uh, he's he's got to clean it. Um, but unfortunately, there's no water. And. Uh, he's overbearing with the kids, but the kids get away from him and they go exploring and turns out that the pipes underneath the uh, the lighthouse are tied in. There's a secret passageway, which is cool. That There you go. You're, now you're in the groove, secret passageway. And there's a, a series of pipes and for some reason they're all knotted, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. There's a giant knot in this four-way intersection of pipes. Balloon knot? I don't know. And um, Donald, being Donald, trips and hits his head on the pipes and causes <laughs> the pipes. It's amazing. It's a huge-ass knot, but his head's going to un- unknot it all. Yeah. He, the, not, the pipes, I, I think, are made out of sti- steel. Right? So, but, <laughs> you would think. Yeah. But, so the pipes break and all the water comes out and floods the city, uh, the surrounding town around this lighthouse. And now... Becomes it becomes a, it becomes a tour, right a tourist attraction, and just because of Donald's um, awkwardness and and he uh, again leaves the beats feet leaves the scene screaming, um, r- r- lather rinse repeat right. Yes, there you go. You're right. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm really verklempt because the the book of the month episodes are supposed to be special, right? The 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 best part of the book of the month episodes is when two out of the three of us love it, and then listen. Like I said, I, I think I think this was a misstep, and and I'll take credit for it because I put it on the list a couple months back because I thought it was going to be um, either reprints or was going to be indicative of. I, I I knew it was about the cartoon, but I thought the cartoon was going to be much more like the cartoon from 30 years ago, and that's my that's my fault. And apropos of nothing, I fucking loved that video game back in the day. This one, <laughs> that <laughs> video game hell yeah, was the yeah. bomb. Do you know they recently uh, they did a uh, reworking yeah, they did like a port of it, right? Yeah, of the graphics, and they mm-hmm. they re released it. Yeah. Scrooge be bouncing around his fucking walking cane like a boss. I never played it. Oh, I loved it so much. Now, what was that for the Super Nintendo or? No, it would have been, I guess, either the Genesis, probably the Genesis. Oh, so it was later. Yeah, because that's when Doctor. It was in the 90s. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 
Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. But back then, you had you didn't have the um, the exclusivity. <laughs> you 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 probably it probably was available for both. We call that cross platform, Dad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> back in the nineties, back in the Dizay, and um, then out of nowhere, by the way, hmm. like we get all these stories, and they're just a, they're just Donald being Donald, and the boys getting into shenanigans, and then we get what I think is what I expected, which is old Mont Plumage had a chicken. No, before that, we get the washing machine. Yeah. Oh, why not? Yes. Yeah, the great experiment of the washing machine. It's a um, a think tank. The uh, what's it called? Uh, the Big Brain Battalion. Oh, the Bombastic Band of Brains, which is a think tank. And okay, so I'm I'm thinking we're gonna see the 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 the, the legendary characters. We're gonna see Gyro. We're gonna see. No, we don't. Um, th- this um, this uh, doctor's name is Doctor Grinmore, a dude who got very lucky. He he mixed two of the wrong chemicals together, and he created a very effective and very inexpensive denture cream. So he took all the money from the the, the denture cream, and he created this this think tank. Got all his failed scientist friends to come with him, and uh, they don't. Try and cure cancer, or or uh, something significant. They they try and make a, a soda machine that won't jam the cans in in the machine, like real silly stuff. And and they say it's for the betterment of the everyman. It's it's just silliness. It's just pure silliness. Pure shenanigans. Yep. And the kids again go to the daycare room and they escape and. Um, I believe it's Louie dresses up as Dr. Grinmore. No, it's it's actually Huey dresses up as Dr. Grinmore and um hilarity ensues. Yeah. So there you mm-hmm. go. But Jason, why don't you talk about the story that you seem to like? Mon plumage. Yeah. Uh one sec. Uh so yeah, well I I say <laughs> one sec, I gotta get this quarterback. <laughs> Ding. Yeah, let me just <laughs> It is Thursday night after all this football on. No, oh, it's a bad game. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> no, you're lucky. I have no interest in watching tonight's game. Um, oh, no, uh, I was trying to figure out. I have Camatology uh, on my laptop launched, and I don't usually use it that way, but I figured the easiest way, and I was trying to figure out how to uh, enlarge the screen. But, um, yeah, this this was this story was evocative of what I guess I expected the book to be about, which is that um, – the opening scene is Uncle Scrooge sitting in, um, I guess, what looks to be a train. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tr- like a train, like a luxury train room holding a birdcage inside of it with a golden statue of a chicken or a bird, a bird, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a chicken. And then you've got um, Della, who I don't think we know much about. But she's got the adventurer look. She's got the, the Indiana Jones flight uh, goggles, and and she's got the the yeah. safari hat on the side, and in her backpack next to her, and she's got a little little artifact type of uh, like bowl. And uh, I'm like, okay, here we go. And she opens up the bowl, and who's in there? But Donald. But it's like shrunken, honey. I shrunk the the ducks, Donald. 
Um, and that's basically sets the table for what is then a flashback to explaining how they got into this predicament. And Donald says it's all their fault. But basically they, they do what you should do in DuckTales. They're at a temple in a jungle and they're looking for treasure. And in the course of that, they come across a golden chicken, like a living golden chicken. Uh, and the chicken is, is getting larger and larger. And it, like any good comedy, um, poor Donald is dealing with this attacking crazy chicken. And Scrooge and Della are going about their business pretty much oblivious to what's going on around them. Um, and the chicken keeps getting larger and larger and larger. Um, and eventually they... Um, shrink it down and cage it, which is what they're trying to do in the first place. But as a, as a byproduct of that, they, they shrink Donald too. And, uh, and he's, he's livid needless to say. Um, and you know, there's some little sight gags and there's a bit at the end where the, the statues, uh, like the, they're like Mayan totems are from the statue. All start joking with each other and high-fiving each other. But I thought it was clever yeah. And well drawn, and it was treasure hunt gone awry, and that's that's that is what I think of when I think of Ducktales. Right, it's the closest one to the old formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought it was good. I, well, I, I, like, I, I like that one a lot too. Yeah, yeah. But then we have another one, Viking at my door, which is it, Launchpad makes an appearance, right? Yeah, uh, and Della and Scrooge are in that oh, one as well. I, I, yeah, and um. It's cute and it's well drawn and it's the last story in the book. So, uh I mean, I, I would I would recommend begrud- begrudgingly. If there's some if there are, if there's a, a a child that that wants to get into the duck stories, he could do worse than this maybe, but I mean, again, I would steer them to the 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 two that started it all. Well, the one that started it all and the, 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 the successor that did it just as good, if not better than the original. But uh, I'm, I mean, I wish them real, I wish them success with this Disney XD DuckTales, but it's just, it's, uh, I'll say what you guys say when, when you, when you're trying to be kind and you don't want to besmirch everyone involved, this just isn't for me. It's just, this mm-hmm. re- retelling of the ducks is just not for me. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think I will. I will give it more than the little bit I've given it so far. I would. I would like to sit down and and watch an episode um, in its entirety. I don't want to dismiss it outright, and that may also um, positively or negatively affect these particular stories. But um, I can already say that. I appreciate the comics because I can read what Donald is saying and actually understand what he is trying to say. The, but yes, it's, it's definitely one of those things where it, it may very well be. I had my ducktails back in the day and now kids can enjoy this version. And, um, you know, kids, unlike there are some cartoons that, you could say are timeless if you watch old 
Warner Brothers or, or even Tom and Jerry cartoons. Then you know, anybody of any age, at any kid at any at any time, uh, in in any century could have a laugh and 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 enjoy those. But there are some some cartoons, and I think Ducktales is definitely one of them because in the little I saw today, you know, there there was there was a smartphone plugged into the wall, and Donald was mm-hmm. you know, speaking to someone on that. So so they definitely tried to pepper in. Um, modern technologies in the stories you know whereas in the old cartoons there'd be somebody picking up you know a, a, an old rotary or even a, 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 a touchstone phone and and that's and that's fine you know it's a phone that, that's all you need to worry about but um I, I guess if they want to if they want kids to i don't want to say understand but at least appreciate or or accept the the cartoons being shown today, then they're probably going to, you know, pepper in references to the Fortnite or things like that. It's just, it's, it's what, but unfortunately that, that also dates things. I mean, we can read old, old Spider-Man stories and, and, you know, Peter's got the flared bell bottoms and, and white ass collars. And it's like, the stories might work regardless, but I'm seeing you in these clothes that obviously, you know, I, I might as well be watching the Brady Bunch while I'm reading this. It, it's just there are certain things where um, <laughs> that visually it evokes a, a certain feeling or 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 memory, uh, even if the story is trying to not focus on a specific era in, in time. Yeah, I don't think there's a time that Tom DeFalco didn't take the opportunity to timestamp his stories. He he always had people in crowds going, "Who do you think you are, new kids on the block?" Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Tom, what are you doing? Like, what like what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just going to press the stop button on my Sony Walkman here for a second. Uh, no, but I mean, all in all, yeah, it it's not the golden helmet. It's not the life and times of Scrooge McDuck. It's something new. It's something not for us. Um, and, and sh- you know, if, if you have a, a, a soft spot for the Ducks, maybe introduce your kids to this um, and make it – maybe it will be theirs because, right. you yeah. know, cycles continue and, and yes. we, we will pass into the annals of time uh, sooner or later and, you know – it happens. So maybe uh, maybe this is the new thing, the new hotness for the Ducks. And, I, I, you know, we wish them well with it. So there you go. Not Sorry, not a rousing book of the month, but uh, a book of the month nonetheless. So, no, we'll do. We'll, we'll have to make an effort. I mean, I don't know if we can fit it in this by the end of this year because we got hella stuff coming up in the next two months that we got to do. But we should uh, we should just hit some Barks or some Rosa classic stuff sure awesome hit it up man yeah we can even take one story because they're so damn dense you can go off on them and um Mm -hmm. again uh unfair uh comparison but uh it it, it's it's inescapable sorry it is what it is man that's right so uh y'all read anything uh other than this i hope yeah for sure i'm gonna I wanted to get you. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts, dude, on the fact that um, so Heritage, which is uh, the preeminent auction house for collectibles, has well, they have they have comic art auctions every month, but they have every every three to four months they have a, a signature auction 
where they bring out the big guns. And November is the next of said auctions. And the big news in the art world is that they are auctioning off the complete eight page story of Master Race drawn by Bernie Krigstein uh, for EC Impact. Yeah. And I. I wanted to know what you thought of that and what you think of that story. Uh, it's it's a landmark tale. It's it's one it of is. it's one of the best um, pieces of sequential storytelling ever. I agree, without question. Yeah, I agree. And, and not awesome only that, they, that they're selling it intact, isn't that neat? Yes. Not only does it have a visual impact, the the theme of the story is is um is very important and very powerful and very um it's very current let's just say yes uh, these 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 themes themes like master race never go away um and i just like the 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 figure drawing is impeccable well it's Krigstein, right well, i mean what do you say the figure drawing is impeccable the composition is is otherworldly it, it 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 is a this one story is a masterclass in sequential storytelling. It, it, yes. it it's very very important, and the fact that they're selling it in one chunk makes me um it makes me happy that there will be one owner for the entire story. But it also makes me sad that I don't have enough money to afford it uh, because I, I would uh, love to own this. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think it's one of those stories that I I would imagine is not top of mind for a lot of uh, comics fans and listeners, particularly if you're a bit younger, but it is not, I know we're sometimes prone to hyperbole around here, but it is not hyperbole. I've been said it is absolutely without question. One of the most important comic book stories ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that don't know, it was written 10 years after the end of world war two. And it was a story about a, um, a gentleman who is, uh, you 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 learn that he is someone who escaped a concentration camp. Right, he's a, he's a survivor. Correct, and but it's it's a bit, uh, and I'm gonna I, we, I, I think we can spoil this because it's a fucking sixty five <laughs> seventy year old story. <laughs> um, uh, basically, it's a, it's almost a Twilight Zone though. He 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 is he is. You know that he is uh, a survivor. Um, he is, and he sees someone that's that's drawn very nefariously in, in like a black cloak, and approaches him on a sub in a subway station, or it comes into sight, and you're led to believe that 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 is perhaps a a an escape, you know a, a Nazi sympathizer, or perhaps someone that worked at the concentration camp. But it's a total flip to script. The, the the paranoid guy is actually was the head of the of this concentration camp, and he had fled from from Nazi Germany. He was hiding out here, and he sees one of his prisoners who recognizes him, and he tries to make haste and get away before he can be spotted or confronted. And in an, in a wonderfully apropos and fitting end, he trips and falls onto the train tracks right before a train comes and runs him over. Yep. And then when the police come to investigate the uh, Holocaust survivor, who was the one that, that spooked the guy, says, didn't know the guy. He was a total stranger. Right. Um, as if he didn't even want to give him the dignity of identifying who this person was. Right, right. 
Um, but the the power of it, there's two. There's two. I think there's two angles to this. One, um, and then the part that's probably more easily lost. Um, this was unheard of to tell this kind of story in 1955. Yes. Yep. 1955. People did not talk about these things. Nope. The, the idea of of the Holocaust. It, this was this was a taboo subject. A subject that was everybody in the world was it was still fresh in everybody's minds, and and, and it was essentially something they wanted to bury other than like the Nuremberg trials and all that stuff. So this was just not, this was taboo. Right. This was taboo. The ta- the most taboo of taboo. So for, for Bernie and EC for EC credit to them. And this was published in impact comics. Um, for, for, for them to do this story was, was incredible. Um, and then, and then certainly not secondarily, but, but in conjunction, I think the other reason this is um, so important as Vince said, there is, incredible uh visual um trickery and it and it's it's an example of how we say this all the time how comics can tell a story in a way that nothing else can um in particular there's a there's a there's a several pages that are of note but the one that i think gets the most focus is 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 the is the guy as he slips and falls onto the train tracks and then the the panel of of the train going by and krigstein essentially draws the faces of of people that are on the train just repeatedly just draws them on like layered on top of each other to convey um, when you're looking at it now you would see it and it just conveys that the train is zooming by right um, but Craigstein plays with time in, yeah. the, in this story yeah. time he speeds it up he slows it down to mm-hmm. to to the like a, a, a trickle and um, the, the 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 story's loaded with symbolism. In, in the colors of the protagonists, the the fleeing Nazi uh, is all dressed in brown, and the the survivors in black, a, a color of mourning. Like everything in this in this story is tuned to perfection. It's yeah. it's 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 an amazing amazing tale. And the thing that that is mind boggling to me is it almost didn't happen because. Impact was one of the New Direction titles when after the the uh, seduction of the innocent ordeal and Frederick Wortham and his, his witch hunts and comics are bad, they're corrupting our kids. This is when EC was on the wane. There was a chance that this story w- could never have been published right. because right. their circulation was down, they were trying new stuff, and uh, to escape the restrictions placed upon them by the comic, court, uh, comic code, it, it was a... It was a, a targeted endeavor to get EC off the marketplace. It wasn't comics are are kill are just are ru- ruining our kids. It was EC is ruining our kids. So uh, I mean, if you have the the time and you want to bone up on your comics history, you need to read. If not Seduction of the Innocent proper, the book it, it's a harrowing experience. You will throw it against the wall many times, but you need to investigate. The Frederick Wortham seduction of the innocent EC Comics debacle, because it is it's it's part of why comics changed so so drastically. The code did more to hurt comics than it did to help them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other reason that this is super important, um, and I'm surprised Vince didn't lead with that. Um, although Bernie Krigstein is not a household name. And and not the most famous, at least from uh, an ongoing legacy of the EC artists. 
Uh, it is this story and Kriegstein specifically that inspired Frank Miller to, to make comics. And the most famous scene from Dark Knight Returns, which has now been done a thousand times over, including the pearls and the gun, um, when Bruce is thinking back on his parents being killed, was directly inspired by this story. This is uh, true. And, Fra- and Miller has talked about it uh, many, many times that that he had never that Krigstein took what should what most people would have done in one panel and turned it into four or five panels, and that was an, a massive influence on his his visual in Miller's uh, visual storytelling methodology. So, um, so this yeah this this it, it, this this is going to be great, man. I I I do not know what it's going to go for. Um, I, I'm guessing a half a million bucks, but some are saying it could go for a lot more. Uh, no, no single U.S. comic uh, page has gone for seven figures, um, but this is eight pages, so it is possible that it could go for more than that, depending on the market and the buyers. But it's going to be neat to see. Yep. And I think we lost out. Did we? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's why well, he's been so quiet. Well, let's get him back. Yeah. I'll try to see what we can do with this uh, this Skype crap. Paging Dap. Earth to Dap. Come in, Dap. Yo. There he is. Sorry you there got cut be. off, buddy. I, I we were We were in the thick of it, and I didn't notice until Jason told me. It's okay. Yeah. Well, now you're back. All, all's well. So what's your opinion on the Master Race? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you guys have already echoed my feelings. It's, you know, I don't, I, I, I pretty much out of everything that's been said over the years, I don't think um, there, there's really anything I, I can add to it. I, I am, as far as the auction goes, I'm glad that this is, and partly because it is a short story, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it has to go um, as a set. I need to see you know, three or four or eight different people have a page yeah. from this story. I, yeah, I think yeah. it should be. should be kept uh, together. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the, the Frank Miller angle will probably triple the amount of money that it's, that it's going to. Well, and he, here's the Miller quote. I uh, just found it from an article from a few years back. Uh, what I was mainly, and he's, this is Frank talking about Dark Knight Returns. Um, what I was mainly after was to make it as intimate and as from young Bruce's point of view as possible. Um, the particular artist I studied to influence it was Bernard Krigstein, the EC artist of the 50s, who would break what we do in a single panel into four or five panels. So I wanted to echo that so the memory in Bruce Wayne's head was so vivid that he felt it as if the 10 seconds of his parents' murder went on for hours. Yep. So there you go. Is it any coincidence that Dark Knight 3 was called The Master Race? It I is don't not. Think In fact, so. that's where this all came back up. Yeah, yes. This is where it all, yep. I yep. don't think so. So. So pretty neat stuff. It's I, very neat stuff. I know stuff. You, don't, you don't pay too much attention to the OA scene unless I bring it to your attention, but I thought you'd get a kick out of that. True. And I'm, I'm glad you did. But, I mean, this is very important. You know, this isn't a, a, a yes, a, a McFarlane or a Liefeld going for big bucks. It's, it's 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 notable and it's important, but this is one of the all-time great 
comic book stories. Well, and, this this is an option for y'all because there's also Ditko and Romita um, ASM covers that are going. That should be the other two big. Yeah, big again, guns. I don't have that kind of scratch. Uh, I'm not I, saying you're in on the bidding. I'm saying, but uh, but the, yeah. the 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 marquee pieces this time around are. Uh, or in your squarely in both of y'all's wheelhouses. Well, if you let me come pick up them sofa cushions that you got at the house, and I can probably <laughs> pick up enough, a out, yeah, yeah, to to pay. And for man, it. after how much money I lost this week, man, I need them. I need that that sofa cushion money myself. Wow, that sucks. I'm sorry. Hey, man. But uh, what goes up must come down, right? We we can bring you up with with some wonderful comic talk. Yeah, you need to do it. Well, I I want to to see what you're grooving on. Did you read anything that came out this week? This week, um, ah, that's um, yes. I read well. I read one thing. I think that came out this this week, uh, and I don't know that I have a lot to say about it because I don't think I quite followed what was happening. Wow, what is this? Ooh. Tell me, true from 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 Black Mask. Oh boy, Lodger number one. Oh no! I uh, by the Laphams. Yeah. See, I'm getting this in single issues, and I'm not saying that because I want you to. I don't want you to go into specifics on it, but the fact that I can't go into. I I I, I was lost. Well, that's good because then Lapham's in Twin Peaks territory, which he frequently visits that mysterious zone. Um, there's a lot of Lapham stuff that I don't get what's going down until three, four issues into it. Well, this is one of those things. At least awesome, awesome. <laughs> I love the cover. I think the cover is magnificent. Yeah, I, again, I'm not saying I disliked it, and I won't get into detail because I know that you're, as you said, getting the issues. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say disliked it, I, but I definitely thought, not quite sure what happened here. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, on some levels, what's happening is straightforward, but the whys and wherefores and the motivations of the characters not clear, and I assume they will be over the course of the series. Nice. I have a, a couple like quick hits. Mm-hmm. Did you read Avengers number nine? Yes. <laughs> I I was giddy with the fact that the Ghost Rider's car can somehow operate underwater. It's so <laughs> it's so stupid and so silly, but why not? It's hellfire, right? Hellfire mm-hmm. should not be extinguished by flames. It's friggin' hellfire. I thought it was great. I, I I I'm I'm not grooving with this depiction of Namor yet. It seems like a departure. He seems a little too young for Namor. Just visually, I'm saying he is drawn young, but I did really like this issue. I thought it was good, but I'm 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 especially in light of the last page. Last page is great. Like it Defenders of the Deep. Yeah, it's just when you use that word defenders in in uh in uh, exchange with a, a group of heroes, you have my attention, but they they're so weird looking and so odd and Namor's at the forefront, which okay, it works for me, but I don't know where the story's going yet. Um, which is is fine, but the, I just wanted to touch upon the fact that the Ghost Rider's car can blaze underwater. That's, I mean, that's sim- I'm simple. I'm a very simple man. That is enough for me to be like this issue was great. That's Listen, D- David Marquez has never looked better. 
it's true. The Leviathan's really cool too. Yep, Tiger yeah. Shark is in this. Yeah, Stingray is in this. Tiger Shark's a little too beefy for what I, I remember like Tiger Shark I to like be. It. But no, I'm down with it. I mean, um, you got armored sharks, dude. Yep, black armored sharks. It's badass. Black Panther underwater. Way, spoilers. Namor's not fucking around. He kills Stingray. But does he? We'll see. Does he? I mean, really? I mean, he gets. Yes, he gets. He leaves him to be devoured by a pool of sharks, a school of sharks. My favorite Stingray appearance is I forget the issue, but it's a Marvel two in one. It's Marvel two in one. The thing it. and Stingray and yep. George Perez did yep. the, did the cover. That's it's exactly a, what you're talking it's about. It's a and there's a split cover. It's great. It's it's awesome. But no, I I thought this was a lot of fun, and and this is this issue is emblematic of all of Jason Aaron's Avengers so far. It's just fun. Right? I love what he's doing with this. She-Hulk's a well, little big, too. I really like this issue I, I more than I did the first arc. Uh, I'm glad that we're moving on from the Celestial story with the B- million BC. Um, but, uh, dude, I'm, I am all for the uh, the Defenders of the Deep because we got Orca. Yep. We got, ta- we got Tiger Shark. We got... Um, uh, Who's the creepy-looking guy in the back? In the back. Oh, you mean the the one with the spikes? Lower the, lower right left. Here? Lower left. I don't know. I'm yeah. trying to figure that myself myself. And the crab dude is the dude Yeah, I don't I don't know if we've seen them before. Okay. Um But, but they, either they, way, we'll find out soon enough. I love the of, idea of an underwater villain team though. Yes, yes, and they remind me of an underwater black order. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is neat. No, I thought this was fun. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, another quick hit from IDW. Y'all paying attention to what they're doing with uh, Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell's From Hell? Yes, the remastered stuff. They're, 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 they, Eddie Campbell colorized it. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. How many How many issues in a volume? Is it just one-to-one? Or no, they... no. This was, if if I can find the stupid thing... Um, the, I think it's now from hell originally appeared in taboo. So I, uh, and, and then it spiraled out of taboo and it became its own thing. And, um, I'm, I'm trying to, I didn't go back to see where they took this from, but it's, this looks like either two or three of the first installments when, when it went. From to from hell proper, they collected the original installments, and then each issue became its own thing, and it was double sized. And I, I don't know the, how how it collates, but but anyway, um, I'm of two minds about this. The fact that Eddie Campbell is is working on it mm-hmm. gives it a pass for me, because if if Eddie Campbell's going to rework his own art, that's fine. And and I know how David feels about Neil Adams reworking his own art, but it's it's it, 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 hold on. It, is he redrawing anything? Because wasn't some, it originally in black and white? Yes, he's redrawing some things to allow for the color. Ooh. Now I don't know if I would be as as um, for lack of a better word, repulsed as I am 
with Neil doing that or even with Brian Boland redoing his killing joke work. Um, this is one of those things where it's, I, but that said, I still, please refrain from any stoning, have not read from hell. So I would not have the original eyes to look at this with. So I would see this as what's the big deal. Whereas I've read Neil's Batman stories. I've read Brian Boland's killing joke and I could find those offensive to a degree. It's it's, but I think with, but again, this is also, I, I, I don't know. I would have to see, I'd have to see the before and after. I would have to see the original and then see what he's been recoloring and possibly redrawing. Oh, it's it's drastic. Yeah, it's pretty drastic. Uh, I thought the original was perfect. So okay, mm-hmm. take that, let that color, pun intended, whatever I'm about to say. I, I, I think the new color works, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure it was necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm not exactly saying it's a good thing. It's a thing, right? It's right. A, it's its own thing where um it, it's 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 almost like a, an entirely different entity, which is okay. But it's not the from hell that I hold so dear. It's now it's mm-hmm. it's something else. It it's like when they colorize old movies. Uh sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I but right. ultimately I, was there a public outcry to have from hell colorized? I I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I I really don't see where the benefit comes. I, I will say this because Eddie Campbell, um, his his style can get very chaotic with the lines and the 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 just um, professional sloppiness of it. Uh, he, he's a mm-hmm. he's a master illustrator. Everything is there for a reason. But Campbell can get very expressive, very sloppy. And mm-hmm. the original, some panels were not hard to discern, but they weren't easy. Let's just say that the color in this makes things that were originally a little bit murky, which I'm I'm believing was intended. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, Campbell wouldn't have done it. They th- things fall into place a little bit easier with this colorized version. Um, so, I mean, if 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 you needed help with the original, maybe this will be uh, easier to read. I don't know. I, I I I like it, but I'm, I feel almost ashamed in liking it because it's not the original. I I really don't have. I, I guess I'm torn. As to, as to how to feel about this, which is where I like to be, right? Yeah. You, you make me question myself, make me uh, go back and scrutinize my feelings. That's a good thing because I we we often that's one thing we don't do is we don't scrutinize our feeling. We act on we act on impulse. We act on spur of the moment. Even even our carefully considered decisions and motions and stuff, they're all products of a moment, however long. This makes me sit back and think. Is is it better? Is it worse? Does it add to it? Does it That's... subtract to it? I I and I, I haven't really come to the conclusion yet. I'll, I'll let it. A couple more issues go by. Maybe I'll put chapters 
whatever next to the, the colorized chapters and, and go page by page and see if it actually, if I think it actually makes this thing better. Does it need to make it better though? That's another question too. If That's... it's, if it's an entirely different entity, I'm sorry. Does it no. need to be better? No, it's a different thing. So therefore, it's starting from a zero point, mm-hmm. right? So that's all right. So so you you can actually see a difference. Uh, yes, you can see a difference. But but you 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 now have the ability to look at them as separate things, right? Right. right. That's okay. So whereas before you just ended with that, I would. That that's pretty much my feeling on Neil and Boland. I didn't see, you know. Yes, you're the artist. You can if if you see flaws. If you think you could, you know, if you think what you do now is better than what you were doing then, and, and that's your right to change it. So be it. But as a reader, if I didn't see anything wrong with it, plus. If everything else, if everything else is is fits within, so so if Neil Adams draws a Batman story in the seventies, and everything else is drawn in the same style he was drawing in the seventies, and all he does is change Batman's cowl in a couple of panels, that's not the same thing. That's not that that's that's you just noodling and 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 making yourself feel better because you didn't you didn't change anything everything else still evokes that that time that that's that's your style back then and and now batman's cowl stands out like a sore thumb compared to everything else going on same thing with boland's killing joke i think the original i don't know if i call it flawless but as a whole by itself it's a beautiful piece of work it stands on its own and and that you know batman's yellow on on his chest shield that that's the way things were back then that 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 utility belt that was that and and there's there was no need Mm -hmm. to make any changes and you now recoloring it or or making the changes to the costume that that completely takes it out of of that that era because barbara gordon went from being able to walk to ending up a cripple in that story and now you've now drawn batman the way he looks it's just it completely throws everything out of whack and i don't i didn't see the need to make those changes but but vince you saying that now this is like this is where the timeline diverges and you can have your from hell the way it was originally intended in black and white go ahead and read that and now here's a not even a retelling because the story moore's writing is still the same it's just visually been tweaked it's 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 weird i think i was with you and then again this is still me sight unseen i was with you originally where you know you and i were seeing eye to eye by by having campbell not make any changes don't why why mess with this if it was already working but now knowing that i was i would still want i would still rather myself i'd still rather read the original i want to know what was going on back then right i mean cool now the remaster is here and it might be easier on the eyes or you might be able to to understand things in in more vibrant colors if they're vibrant, but I it, it's it's but then you know you see something that's remastered and and then you know you have to wonder if it's just a cash grab and and I don't I don't want that to also paint right. it, it 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 could be a cash grab. This comes out from IDW and Top Shelf, but 
the the one thing I take great issue with is the fact that they called it Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell from Hell Master Edition. Yeah. That's problematic for me. Because when you when you tag something as the master edition, yeah. the, ma- the master is at the top and everything else is below it, right? Mm-hmm. So th- to me, this is not the master edition. This is the no. remastered edition, which is a totally different word, totally different uh, meaning. But the, in my mind, the master edition is the original, and it will always yes. be the original. I agree with you there. So um, I I I, I kind of love it. And and I kind of love it because it makes me feel things that I I I'm um, hesitant to feel. Like I don't think it's a bad thing that Campbell went in and 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 pushed more lines around and colored some stuff. But um, is it necessary? Yeah, if you want to keep Eddie Campbell and Alan Moore in the green, then yeah, it's 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 perfectly necessary. And and why shouldn't they make more money on something that they've created in the past? Um, and, and, and have, as far as Eddie Campbell goes, have, uh, injected more time and energy into in the present. Sure, he should get paid. Why not? But, uh, yeah, there's a master edition of From Hell out there. Um, the, the original is, is very sacred to me. It's very close to my heart. I love it. I think I, I hold it above the, the stuff that, David was talking about with with Neil Adams, like that stuff. Sure. That stuff's great. Mm-hmm. There's there's one from hell. I I mean, in Eddie Campbell is in my top ten all time favorite artists, just because I Eddie Eddie, Eddie Campbell does not give a fuck, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that approach. Um, you, I don't have to explain myself to you. You will either step up and try and understand my visual language, or you won't. Eddie Campbell doesn't shiv. And mm-hmm. and that's why I love him so much. So I mean, in 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 addition to the fact that he can draw like a bastard, but he does not. He's not a realist, which is awesome. Right. I, we don't need any more realists. We have plenty of those. So I mean, yes, it's it's if if you're interested, check it out. It's from IDW Top Shelf from Hell Master Edition. I'm going to keep an eye on it, and I and I will probably. I'm not buying the single issues, but I will probably buy the inevitable master edition compilation and then i'm gonna set them down side by side and and see what's up and i probably still won't come to a conclusion because how can you come to a, how does a little bit of color make this any better or worse than the original it's its own thing I, just look at it from hell master edition there yeah, are no I, definitives I, I when it comes to it art on the uh... <laughs> I mentioned in our in, in in my previous video because I had never read it and um I wasn't sure if it was just splashing color over his his line work, but n- now that you've said he's redrawn mm-hmm. some things, um, I'm yeah. hesitant to read this version. I'd I'd rather because consume you're, it the way it was. You're a purist. I yeah I am. Nothing wrong I, with that. I do not apologize for that at all. No, nothing wrong with that at all. Which is probably why. Um, it's weird. I don't. I don't know if this is a good segue or not. I. We've. We've. Um. We've. Yeah. Well, I mean. Now that you, we can't you held up the cue card. Segue. <laughs> um, segue. The uh, when when it comes to books that came out this week. Um, 
one of one of the things that uh well hasn't been topped yet uh action comics number 1004 and uh as Jason and I have said recently of the two been to superman titles action is the i'm going to say the better of the two um that's that doesn't mean um the superman title itself is the sucks or it's just not for me it's not as enjoyable as action and um this issue where where it it this issue kind of uh plays with the threads that Bendis left dangling over the past couple of issues because uh two issues ago we ended with Superman flying down uh I believe in Chicago and confronting Lois Lane who he just found out had returned to Earth and last last issue we didn't have anything to do we 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 weren't privy to anything that went on after that conversation instead it was mostly um Ms. Good and Clark and Kryptonite and an appearance by Batman and someone dying in a red cloud and and that and all beautifully drawn by Yannick Paquette and that was pretty much that issue and this issue beautifully drawn by Ryan Sook uh on, on pencils now. and um Wade Von Gorbacher on inks um this picks up after that uh because Perry and Clark get into a little um back and forth uh whereas Clark explains that it was a red cloud that killed this person Perry is trying to say well maybe it was the red tornado mm-hmm. and Clark's like I don't I really don't think that that would be you know that that's not really red tornado's MO yeah but you really don't know and he's playing that scene and and that so, Jay Jonah Jameson style right you know so so Perry is is I I I'm digging Bendis's take on Perry is what I'm saying but we get um we get a little bit of uh of of after effect from the whole red cloud business from the last issue but the bulk of this issue is a flashback to when Clark when Superman caught up with Lois and what happened in the moments or hours uh especially if you're staying uh, after Superman sees Lois um this is not necessarily an issue for the kitties. Um, there is some down and dirty going on. And um, some boot knock? There is some boot knocking, bro. She. Yeah. Uh, this is. Um, this has some fantastic um, dialogue between Clark and Lois. Uh, we, we know exactly. We, we know why Lois is back. We know that. We, we know where John is. And um, this is basically this is this is Bendis again, and and we didn't need the Man of Steel miniseries a- after reading this issue. It, that that was still the, this the Man of Steel miniseries. Those six issues could have been told in in three pages in a flashback, and and we'd be fine. We'd all be up to pay uh, on, on the same page, no no worries. Um, we wouldn't have that baggage of of. I don't think Bendis would have any any negativity towards him if we just skipped those six issues. Uh, but Lois is basically saying, you know, 
this is what I need to do. You, you're, you're doing you, you know, you're, you're being Superman and that's great. And, and, and that's, that's what you need right now. I need to do this. John is okay with your crazy fucked up father and we'll be okay. Just, you know, this is, and I'm not saying this is going to be the status. I'm not, I'm not saying Bendis is saying this is going to be the status quo for the next year, but at least Bendis has recognized that he, he set things up that were going to cause questions that the readers were going to need answers for eventually. And we have some answers now and, and we can move forward and and I, I'm I ain't mad, but I think that this is um, this is an issue that we we have some fantastic moments between two fantastic characters that have been a couple for so long now, um, and, and you know that Mephisto's not involved. No one is trying to erase the marriages. This isn't this it it is what it is. And it is between Bendis' story and and Sook and Von Gorbadger on, on the art. It's it's a fantastic issue. It is probably it's definitely my favorite issue of the Bendis era. Uh, I mean of, of his four and point twelve pages of action comics so far, but I can't remember the last time I enjoyed I I, I finished an issue of action comics and, and was, was quite pleased with, with what I had just read. And, and there are some, um, you know, it, it's, there's some moments between Perry and Superman at the daily planet. Um, but after, after we get the flashback with, with Clark and Lois, we're, we're shunted to the present day where Clark is, face to face with a photo of Lois and Lex Luthor. And we know a couple of issues ago that Lex Luthor showed up at Lois's hotel room. And so Superman flies back to Lois to find out what the hell was with you and Lex talking that night. And um, that led to another pretty cool conversation between these two characters and um and and the issue ended on a um on a pretty sweet note but i think um i yeah i i'm i'm still saying that you know superman is in good hands next issue we find out the uh the red cloud ellipses is revealed so we're we're, we're getting back to the big bad um as far as this particular action comics arc, but yeah, I think um, as far as anything that came out this week, I haven't read, and and it's it's not fair because I've read a couple of of image previews like, like Bitterroot and Middle West, and I know those aren't out, so um, I haven't read a ton of things that came out this week. But uh, of everything that did come out this week. Action Comics is is the is the title to beat for me. So um, it's certainly yeah. pretty. It it is. It, it's a gorgeous looking issue, and I think you know it, it's it's not you know it's not the Sook that did the Commandy for for the Wednesday comics a bunch of years ago. It's not it, it's not the Sook that was doing the the BPRD stuff. It, it's just it's but it 
it definitely fits with with I, I feel it fits with uh, with the story Bendis is telling. So, um, it, it, like like Hickman, like Remender, um, you know, Bendis just has this habit of of working with some fantastic artists, and and the foil cover by um, by Root is is pretty snazzy. I think yeah, that Root cover. cover it's better than than that uh, than the Man of Steel pages we got from him a few mm-hmm. months back. Exactly. So. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Truth. Yep. I know you all read Domino Number Seven, right? <laughs> oh, that was the first thing I read. I don't. I, I, I didn't know they were the seven issues. Bro, why do you got to get the dig in? I'm not gonna dig it. I it's it's coming. I didn't know. I'm just saying. I I I'm I'm behind, I'm a few issues behind. I didn't know seven was already out. I, I didn't know Gales was was double shipping. My bad. <laughs> um, I'm gonna start it off by saying I love the cover. It's a little too thick, slick for me, and thick, <laughs> slick and <laughs> thick. But uh, there's something oh, about the, the cover. cover. It's just no the the um the painted cover. With the the three ladies in the snow, it's just it's a great great cover. It, it got my attention. There's it is by an artist named Gong Hyuk Lim. There's there's massive cleavage on the cover, and it's just like okay, you you got me. Well, this is the start of the second arc oh. called Soldier of Fortune, and it is right up your alley, Vince, hmm. because they are uh, Domino. Uh, Inez and Diamondback are tasked with a new client. She is a Wakandan and she sends them to retrieve something for her. And it is in Eastern Norway. So there's a, it's, it's the, there's pages that remind me of the, uh, like the Roger Moore 007 era. Yeah. Where they would do like the ski stuff. And then they, uh, chase a, a, um, feral little girl into the woods and are beset by a bunch of very well drawn by David Baldion, vicious looking vampires. Yeah, coming out of the trees. Yow, yeah, that's hot. And they do battle. Three of them do battle with a bunch of vampires, whoop their ass, and get to a crate that is locked up and chained, and that's what that they are there to retrieve. And they open it up, and who do they find inside? Michael Morbius. Yes, and then lo and behold, a gentleman who looks somewhat like GW Bridge, although I'm not sure if that's him or not, um, is watching from afar and he's talking to somebody (coughs) and he says he recommends Scorch Earth because when he's looking through the viewfinder, he sees Domino, who, as you know, has all white skin and he assumes she too is a vampire. And so the cover to issue number eight that we see is um, Morbius getting ready to bite Domino's neck. So uh, we shall see. But uh, I love it. We're going to have a little vampire action in the second nice. arc. Nice. But GW Bridge is black. No, I know. It res- this this guy resembles Bridge, but I don't know that it's Bridge. Oh, okay. it's, it's and I thought I thought Bridge died in um, Fractions oh, uh, Punisher. But that Witcher, All right. Hey, no, I know. I'm just saying. They all come back. I just got to say, MVP of the series is Inez, just for the visuals. Crazy Inez. Yeah. 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 She's 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 the, she's she's quite good. Yes. I like this. I'm, I'm not going to tear it down. I think Baldion is an amazing illustrator. 
Yeah. That I'll be I'll be totally honest. That is propelling me through the series. I love nice. to see his artwork. And I, I mean and it's well written by Gail too. It's fun. It, you know, I didn't read this issue yet. I have it right here on my stack and I will mm-hmm. read it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Three attractive women in shenanigans. What's not to love? Exactly. Right? Precisely. I, I, I have another book. And I know you do. I bet you do. Yes. <coughs> you know, uh, I, I I sometimes put my hyperbolic hat on, but not Wait, this time. you? Yes, but not, Get out of here. not this time. The the book that I, I have in my hands is far too good for most of us. We shouldn't even be reading it. We shouldn't be touching it. It is a thing of perfection. It is a, a, a how-to in terms of sequential art. Uh, well, written, written and drawn by a veritable master. Our buddy uh, Jay Tomio will back me up on this. I've read Dead Dead Demons DDDDD Destruction Volume 2 by Ennio Asano. It, it is comics perfection. Wow. Yes. Um, I, Antan. What would you do with that manga? I don't know. Antan and Kadode are the new Maggie and Hopi. Yep. The relationship that Maggie and Hopi had, the 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 two disparate personalities congealing into one organism of love, that is what we're getting with Kadode and Antan in Dead Dead Demons. These two girls they love each other. It's it's the the relationship, the, the the personalities of both of them play off each other very well, and they're so revealing. Like one will say something, and the other will finish it, the 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 quip, and it's just they they truly love each other. But that's not that is the story, but it's not the story. I don't know if you guys remember the 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 alien invaders come down, and there's a giant mothership floating over Tokyo. Remember I told you? Yes, um, you just, yes, a few weeks ago. Right, but this is three years after the fact, which renders these alien invaders, we don't even know if they're invaders yet, renders these in- aliens incredibly ineffectual. Their mothership has been lazily floating over Tokyo for three years. No demands have been made, no no uh, list of, of like, oh, I'm being redundant. Um, they, they haven't made their present known, presence known other than the fact that they got a giant ship floating over Tokyo. Uh, occasionally they'll spit out a drone or a scout ship or another kind of ship. And it's um, now, as of volume two, they can bring down the smaller ships. Um, so as, as an invading force, if they are invaders, they're, they're not very competent. Right, but but that's not what Dead Dead Demons is about. It's about a society and characters within that society living in the shadow of what could be a very dire um, event or what could not. Like they live in uncertainty. They live in the shadow, literally, of this alien ship. And in this volume, which is like I said, is two, we see what happens to some of the characters because of this. Like, people are unhinged. Um, Things aren't making sense. Plans aren't what they were. Um, They're young, so 
they they kind of have their lives all planned out. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to become this. And now this alien presence kind of puts the kibosh on that. Um, the future is uncertain, as it is every day, but even more so now that there's an alien ship floating over your city. Um, but the the thing I wanted to, to go into detail about is there's one sequence in this book where Antan is late for school and, and she's she she hastily gets dressed and she's running towards school and the the sequentials that Asano drops down are mind boggling. And like Krigstein, he plays with time too. Um Antan's running, so we see her face she's facing the viewer. Then we see another panel of her side profile running past the viewer and in the last panel we see the back of her so it's like you get okay you get it she's running to school right but she stops to pet a kitty and to take a picture then she stops briefly to to point out an ugly dog and she gets to a a, a traffic light and asano will show the light change from don't walk to walk and she keeps running and she's running full speed and there's a kid walking with his little music player and he's got the headphones on and he sees her and she's like ah and then you get her jumping now this is where he breaks down time you get her using a a pole to jump over him and the next page is three panels she's floating in the air above him he sees her underwear and her underwear says kill on it that's Antan, right? She's incredibly acerbic, sarcastic, blah, blah, blah. And his jaws agape. Then you get a double-page spread of just her facial reaction to her being in the air. Then you get another double-page spread of her in the air, arms stretched out, and he incorporates the Dead Dead Demons DDD Destruction logo into the panel, but in a way where parts of it are obscured. It's like Fringe, how Fringe would drop text into the physical scene to the point where they would cast a shadow on things that were in the, the real world. You remember Fringe, right? I don't have to explain it. Yeah? Fringe, the TV show. Yes, yes. Right, right. How the, how the, the typography would insert itself into the scene. That's what Asano does here. And then she lands, and you see an extreme close-up of her eye, and her hair is still moving past her eye, and the kid behind her is taking pictures of her squatted down he's taking pictures of her ass like this is amazing and that's like what 10 pages and it takes place in maybe what four seconds it this is a this is such a good book but it's it's like i said not about the aliens we see the the way that the presence affects relationships of people in tokyo uh one of uh antan and um Kadoti's friends, uh, Kiho, was she's she's standoffish and kind of full of herself, and she just got a boyfriend. Well, the boyfriend kind of freaks out in this one because of the alien presence. Like, what am I going to do? I got to change schools. I got to get out of here. This is not good. And he just like brings her down, makes her cry. She he he's totally unconcerned with her feelings. And the person that we vilified in the first issue as being this standoffish young lady now becomes an object of our sympathy because she was in in for whatever reasons she was inserting a hundred percent of herself into this relationship and now this guy just drags her down 
and her friends console her. There's an alien that inserts itself into Tokyo society. He takes the guise of a young Japanese boy. And uh, there's a, a point, point in the narrative where the snow comes down pretty heavily to the point where public transportation is closed and Kidode is pulling Antan on a, a sled and they she pulls her by the alien boy. It just happens in three panels. It doesn't... And, and Antan says, what a beautiful boy. But it's an alien. She doesn't even know, right? So that's the main characters passing by the supporting character and then nothing else happens with those three characters in tandem for the rest of the book. It's just this alien who doesn't know Japanese society and he's trying to make himself... In, integrate himself into this society and he does stupid things there's two kids making a, a snowman and he has this gravity defi- defying thing where they're, they're rolling the ball of the snowman these kids can't lift it because it's too big too heavy so the the alien raises the the ball of the snowman and puts it back on the stack but he puts the biggest ball on top and the kids are like you're weird you're freaky and mm-hmm. um something happens where his physical form, his head shifts, but it's only the top of his head. It's it's like if if you took a Rubik's cube and you slid it to the point where one layer was in uh, was crisscrossing the other. That's what this this character's head does. Like from above his nose slides on a plane, twists on a plane, and the bottom of his face is staying stationary. It's freaking weird, right? And he fixes it. But that's all we see from then on of this alien character. But, I mean, this is a masterwork. It's only in the second friggin' volume. And it's, it's unbelievably good. The, the drawing is impeccable. Um, we always get into the, the, yes, the Japanese mangaka have assistants. So what? If the assistants on this uh, remain nameless, whatever. The backgrounds are just ungodly beautiful. And the, the, the characters are superb. So you should, and, and it's, it's an example of super storytelling. It's so complex, but yet it's so simple, right? Dead Dead Demons, DDDDD, Destruction, Volume 2 by Inio Asano. You need to be reading this. That's all I'm going to say. It, it. It, it's, it's sequential perfection. It may not be everybody's cuppa. Because it's about a group of teenage, it's, your it's about a, gir- a group of teenage girls. But it's more than that. It's t- the, the teenage girls are just the the nucleus. Everything around it is is what really fleshes out the the uh, the thing. So you should. It, it's I I can't praise it any mm. more highly. It's you need to read it. I wish you guys would. Totally. Um, in uh, in a complete one eighty from. What you just talked about uh, very quickly. Don't want to get too much into this, but I know a lot of people are curious. Uh, Stranger Things, number one, by Dark Horse. Uh, was intrigued by the idea of some Stranger Things comics, but I'm one and done on this series. Yeah, um, written by so. Jody Hauser, pencils by Stefano Martino, Keith Champagne on inks, Lauren Affey on colors. Um, the reason I'm one and done is not to condemn the quality of the issue. I thought it was fine for what it was. Unfortunately, what it is is not something I'm interested in. It is essentially a retelling of the TV show. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I don't need that. 
I watched the TV show, so I don't I don't need them to give me an adaptation of that. I thought so, it was about Will in the Upside Down. It is, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, it follows beat by beat from the TV show. I mean, we we yes, it's his view of it, but it's still the same occurrences. So um, I wasn't surprised by a single panel. So okay. um, so I'm out. I'm out. Your your mileage may vary, but just in case. You all weren't aware of what this was out. This is, uh, it was, I'm, I was looking for new stories, stories that I hadn't seen. In right. The world. And that, and, and if, if it were new stories, that's one thing why I, I wouldn't want new stories. And, and this just, this is my going back to the whole personal preference. It's like not, not every story needs to be told in every medium. If, if I want a stranger things, I'll just wait for Netflix to give me more Stranger Things. I, I think, you know, yeah, it's cool that, you know, you can have other people telling Stranger Things stories, but it's it's weird. This might be one of those instances where if it's not coming from the people that are supposed to, that, that have been telling me Stranger Things stories, then I it, it wouldn't be canon to me. And, and, and it's cool that this story is about will in, in the upside down while what we already witnessed is going on but if it wasn't if it was if it was definitely going to be about something else about the kids at school or 11 trying you know other breakfast meals i probably would have said no I'm, I, I i don't really need to see that well our mileage definitely varies yeah that's what i, I figured. was hoping for yeah it's a tough call right because I, as a Transformers fan, I love stories about plastic toys, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see adaptations of the cartoon. Right? You can you can take it, sure, to yeah, whatever yeah. ever level you want, and and Simon Furman and many great writers have. It's it's I wouldn't be adverse to seeing new stories under the Stranger Things banner, regardless of who told them. But I don't want to ever see. Uh, a straight retelling of the the show that would be boring to me, right? I'm, so yeah. I'm, I guess I'm on in Jason's camp, but I understand your reasoning. Yeah, I wouldn't want I I wouldn't no, and and I get that. Yes, if if you want something new and different, then by all means, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want an adaptation of of Stranger Things. I wouldn't read that because I already saw that. But I wouldn't want someone else to, um, and I get it. You know, it's got the blessings of everybody involved, of course. But I, it's, it's, it, yes, I, I, I absolutely see why someone will want something new because you, you, it's, it's a great concept, and 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 the story and and the the characters, the the, the actors who we've seen bring these characters to life. I mean, it's it, it's great, and yes, you you. It's so enjoyable that why wouldn't you want more of it? But for some reason, when it comes to Stranger Things, and this is really one of the only few times that this this does it, this doesn't because I have no problem watching Star Trek shows and movies and reading the comics. But when it comes to something like Stranger Things, for some reason, I only want to see that. As 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 the brothers are are, well, 
are giving it to me. Yeah, I think because Star Trek is a universe. Stranger Things is an isolated. It's very insular. You, you yeah, only you only yeah. have a group of kids. Star Trek, you have an entire star fleet that existed over a massive period of time, right? So there's many stories to be told. The cast is huge. What do we have? Like six kids. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, a you know, more now, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's I, I I totally get it. I get it. Um, and and so the Joss Whedon Buffy stuff at Dark Horse is cool for you. Because that's the oh, guy that know. I've never. Well, no, I, I'm I, saying I, in, I've in never theory. Read the comics, but yes, in theory, yeah, and that's and 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 it also it continued it. Like if if Netflix if they canceled if Stranger Things was done after the third season and then you only had the comics, and obviously again still with the blessing and everything, then yeah, you know if you still want if, if you need that itch scratched, by all means keep going for it. But it, it, but this is why I was talking about um, certain mediums. It's just like you know I mean before doomsday clock and it's not just it's doomsday clock is is involving a lot more than just the Watchmen. but it was it's just like why i've tried watching the watchman movie and it i'm not i don't want to say it's hot trash but it it absolutely it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me at all there's something about the watchman movie that just it doesn't make me physically wretch but it is just not i don't enjoy it and whereas i can not that the comic book is a feel-good adventure but at least that's that when when someone says when someone asks if 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 anything can be told in any medium the answer is no because there are uh the watchman those those 12 issues is perfect by itself which is partly why i never needed to read before watchman i didn't need to know anything that happened before Alan and, and Dave told their story and I I don't need to see the movie that's trying to pay homage or adapt that story. That said, I'm going to give the HBO show a try just because I really don't know what kind of box that's trying to be put in. But I it and, I, and it's where we've gone I've, I've gone on this weird tangent, but it's it's just it's I absolutely get why someone would be interested in stranger things comics, but it's, and, and yes, you're absolutely right. Vince. It, it, Star Trek is, is not it. That's apples and oranges. And, and if you've enjoyed the Buffy show, I'm sure people enjoyed the Buffy comic, but there are, um, there are some, there are some properties or some mediums where I just, I, it's, it's, it's perfect here. I don't need to, have it spill into right. something else. Well, that's kind of the same way I feel about the Marvel movies. I, I don't really need to, to have my my 2D characters catapulted into three dimensions. It's I mean, yeah, there's a there's certainly a market for it as is has been proven, but I don't I don't need to see them, right? And it's just like Chuck Palahniuk. If you want more a Fight Club straight from the horse's mouth, you can have it. It's just in, in another dimension. It's there. Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. Wow, that was weird. That, that was, weird. was extremely really weird. Range. Sorry. That was, yeah. That was. Yeah, I, I prefaced it by bad. saying I didn't want to talk that long on uh Yeah. On it, and we yeah. spoke well, on it. Well, don't worry about it, because Vince's quick hit was anything but. 
<laughs> That's true. It's we like, hey, here's a quick hit, but here's a, here's a manga. It's like, maybe a quick hit should involve manga. Then, then He's like, then and it we'll was be... only a 420-page volume, too. <laughs> it's like, but wait, I'm only halfway through. Hold on, bear with me. It's, <laughs> it's 170 pages, by the way. Hey, did you mark ass busters? Uh, are you up to date on uh, the century? No, don't, because what was it? Issues 5 just came out? Or... I didn't read 5 yet. Okay. I, was gonna, I was just going to praise 3 and 4. All right, well, praise him because it's great. Dude, I, I hope I'm saying his name right, but Kim Jacinto? Yes, he's a monster. And, and his inker, Josh Casera. God damn, can they draw some comics. Yeah. I'm talking, it's like, um, it's like Trad Moore and Lionel Yu had a love child. Well, wait until you see issue five. Because, oh, you've seen it? Because I have it. Because Casera draws the entire thing. Oh, really? Yes. And it, it's... Wait, how's that work? It's more of the same. He okay. he draws very much in the style um, of the first four issues. It's it's unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah, but I I will not spoil what happens at the end of issue four. But this is I will say that the issue is mainly a battle between um, Bob and his former sidekick Billy, um, and it's not going well for Bob, aka the Century, and so he has to take extreme measures and based on the end of the fourth issue holy shit <laughs> so this book i mean listen we we y'all know we got mad love for lemire yep. he's a great writer he is killing it with this and uh this is a wacky story featuring wacky characters this does not feel like a typical marvel book um it's it probably would be a little inaccessible if you're not familiar with yeah. the century's relatively complex history. So I'm not sure you could just pick this up and read it on its own. Truth. But if you were familiar with the century's history and the Bendis stuff, uh, by all means, this is this is fantastic. It's one of those little hidden gems that don't know how it's selling, don't know if people care about it, but uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the ever-loving lo- ever hell out of this series, miniseries. Double dipping on this, too. Really? Yep, got the singles, buying the trade. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Nice. There you go. All right, everybody. Hey, we got to thank y'all for being here with us once again. If you want to get your comics cheap and get them fast and get them delivered where? Right to your door. There's only really one place you got to go, and that is DCBService.com. One more time, DCBService.com, where you can get the dark day's road to metal trade paperback and the dark knight's metal trade paperback two for the price of one they're discounted each one is discounted 50 percent 9.99 a piece get them both for 20 dollars. that's the price of one word from marvel the scotty young trade paperback of deadpool volume one merkin hard for money with nick klein and scott hepburn will cost you 8.99 and from dynamite hack slash versus chaos number one Tim Seeley, Rafa Lobosco, three ninety nine cover price, your price one dollar ninety nine cent. Hmm. In your travels, I don't know what to do here because I I want to reread Haywire, and I know David recently scooped the entire what is it thirteen issue series, Dap? Yes, thirteen issues. Um, don't reread it yet. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll tag team on. All right. Uh, well, then, 
uh, I would implore you to read Dead Kings, number one, from Aftershock, written by Steve Orlando. Matthew Dow Smith is the co-creator and the Ooh, artist. Nice. Lauren Affey is the colorist, and Thomas Maurer, Maurer is the letterer. Okay, um, I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't want to short shrift it because I'm going to go into it next episode. But Giant Mechs, a dense as hell narrative. One of the Giant Mechs is a bear. Damn, Skippy. Yeah. You read this? No. Okay. Um, group Sex. Um, I'm going to read it now. Yeah. And Jason, it, the um, Matthew Dow Smith's art is mm-hmm. in, definitely in your wheelhouse. Oh, it, nice. It's very gritty. Uh, yeah, very expressive line work. So let's do this for next episode. We're going to read um, from Steve Orlando and Matthew Dow Smith, Dead Kings, number one from Aftershock. I got it. I know. All right. Nice. Let's do it. Um, in your travels, uh, this isn't out yet. So I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I will. Um, actually, you know what? It's a one-two punch. Two number one issues, two first issues from Image. Um, both look beautiful and um, both completely different. No telling where they're going to go either way. Middle West by Scotty Young and Ori Corona and Bitterroot. By you cheeky bastard. David Walker, uh, Chuck Brown, and beautifully drawn by Sanford Green. Um, definitely check them out. Um, you would be doing yourselves a huge disservice if you did not peek either of them. Sanford's boss level. He really is. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, I enjoyed his Power Man and Iron Fist. But this is just—I mean, you know that there's there's a labor of love here. I mean, this this is his, obviously. I yeah, mean, he's, he's, he's he's co-owner, but it it's just it's there's just something about the lines he's putting on the pages for for Bitter Root. It's just it it you you get just so caught up in them, and it I seriously it's 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 a fantastic looking book. And Middle West is just it's I don't and I. Scotty is is he's you know we've we've read I Hate Fairyland, we've read Deadpool, we've read Bully Wars, and now and now here's Middle West and it's like the, the, the dude is just there's no Rocket Raccoon he's got not right but it, it it's not like you can't you can't just say oh it, it reads like a Scotty Young book I mean now with with Middle West it's like what the fuck does Scotty Young book feel like it's just he's he he knows how to write different stories and 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 the work that he's writing matches meshes beautifully with the artist that he has drawing these stories and i i can't imagine like much as we love aaron Connolly, that style wouldn't work in middle west and it's just it's so so he knows how to pair things up and it's and middle west is dark it's it's freaky and I just I, I within the first couple of pages I was immediately hooked and I yeah. I just I cannot wait to to see how how this kid's story progresses but but please people both of them if if, if you did not order them make sure you get to the shop to grab your copy if they're on the shelf yeah no lie right I mean everybody knows we're friends with Scotty and and we have been for a long time but 
I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm speaking for all of us, but I, I, I find it extremely gratifying that this man who has produced all these diverse works and, and they're all really well done is our friend. But on the flip side, I kind of hate him. Yeah. I kind of hate him because, I mean, he does everything well. Like, master illustrator. Listen, he's I. No, come on, dude. Like, he's, he's Scotty's shaping up into a really good writer. Yeah, he is. And, and he's young. It's right in the name. Um, so he, he has 30, 40, 50 more years. Wait, what? Oh, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. He's 18. Oh, Scotty's like what? What's Scotty, 40? It's like, you know, he's a vampire. So he's, he's got like. So he's 40, right? So, all right, do the benefit of doubt. Say he's got 40 more years in the business. Scotty Bruh, could conceivably be how doing this. 80 year olds are dropping hot, hot books out there on the stands. Don't be an ageist, dude. Bro, he's got 20 years. 20. Come on. He's all right. Well, let's cut the difference. Let's say 30. He's got. No, he does not. There's no seven year old dropping hot books. Well, maybe. Has Scotty fit the mold of what. Constitutes a Scotty hot... hasn't turned seventy yet. We don't know, right? Scotty is 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 the Scotty's eight... my man, fifty grand. But can we just can we say he's got a long career ahead of him? All right, he's got a long thirty year career <laughs> career <laughs> ahead of him. What do my your travels or are you going to? No, it's, no, a, got, it's seriously got, like we 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 are in uh, cahoots with what will be known as a legend. I think so. Scotty's going to go down in the in the history books. We know all of them, folks. We know that we between the Scotties. And the I don't King, know. I think yeah, good, dude. yeah. I we're think Scotty's really special. He is, and and somehow Daft stole my inner travels on both fronts. Oh, good for him. But just to put a finer point on it, uh, because Daft already said what needed to be said. Uh, Bitterroot number one hits the stands on November fourteenth. And Middle West number one hits the stands on November 21st. So back to back weeks. And I got to tell you, Middle West number one, I haven't actually asked Scotty this yet, but after reading it, I really feel like um, this is his I Kill Giants, which is one of his all time favorite stories, by the way. So I know that it is an inspiration for him. Um, the fantastical nature of the book, but the underlying driver of the, of the, the storm and the creatures and who that, what that really represents, I think is super powerful, uh, tugged at my heartstrings. Um, I won't go beyond that cause I want you to read it yourself. Um, and then bitter root. I just, I mean, you know, you guys mentioned how great the art looks. I, I will say in, in talking, I talked to Sanford quite, quite a lot. He, this is definitely his proudest work of his career and he's had a hell of a career. Um, you can see the love on the page, you know, um, and it is a story set in the Harlem Renaissance, which is a awesome, awesome. T- I, I, I love that setting. And uh, we who knows, maybe maybe we'll get some very, very direct perspective on this book. Stay tuned. What? Hmm. All right. Hey, people, thanks for being here with us once again for this book of the month. DuckTales of Treasure Trove volume. We hope you enjoyed it uh, and the extra stuff. You know, we we do we it hope up. You enjoyed this month's book of the month. Yeah, we do it we up for you next. Have. Next month we will have another book of the month as selected by our patrons. And if you'd like to see what goes on there, go to patreon.com forward slash one one o 
C L O C K C O M I C S. There we go. And there you go. You'll you'll have it all laid out for you. Some stuff uh visible, some stuff not, depending on your patronage level. So keep that in mind. Uh join us on the Twitter and the Facebooks and all other places. In the meantime, say goodnight. David. It's a musical number. (laughs) Good night. David. (laughs) That was fun. I'm going to do it like that all the time. (laughs) Same. Say my dream of genie? No, no, no. I'll stick it in. Maybe some mash. Little mash. (laughs) (laughs) Suicide is painless. Oh, what a depressing song. All right. (laughs) We'll be back next time. We love you so much. Say bye. Say bye. Ooh, theme episode coming up too. When? We'll talk about it. We have to figure that out. I'll let you know. Okay. Don't worry. All right. Shut up. Stop it. <laughs> Read the slack. Excuse me? Slack? Yeah, I thought it was the boss. I thought it was the boss's kid. He's just trying to launch the spaghetti app. I can't, I can't find it in the app store. It's behind the plant. <laughs> he's typing in spaghetti. He's like, spaghetti. How do I spell spaghetti? This is <laughs> We're too silly. You're done. Oh, C2E2, March 2008, 19. It's happening. We'll see you there. Yep. We will be the, there. The A Brain B is booked. Word. I'm going to snuggle with Will the whole time. Do it. Ma'am. And Zach and all of them. We're out of here. Let's forget. Let's forget.